the overall theme when I kind of reflect back to all the work that I've done is just, you know, preserving our, our culture, our Ojibwe culture, because in the year, you know, 2050, what are our stories going to look like? What is, what is that going to be like? Because our, our, our language is a living, breathing thing. So we have to make sure to teach our, our kids and our the students and the young people. Boujou, hello. Welcome to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. I'm your host, Cole Primo. And I'm your other host, Leah Lem. So Native Lights, this thing we're doing right now, is a place for Native folks to tell their stories. Each week we have conversations with great guests. We've talked to politicians, healthcare workers, comedians, musicians, a lot of good people. And we're hearing about their gifts and how they realize those gifts and how they're sharing them with their community. That and a lot more. And we're doing some more of it today. So how are you doing today, sis? Uh, yeah, I'm doing all right. How are you? <laughs> you know, pretty good, pretty good. Um, the big thing right now is, of course, the rising cases as winter's you know, happening and holidays are coming up. Trying, you know, everybody's got to reassess what they what they expect to happen for the holidays, basically. Yeah, you know, I've always been kind of a, a grump when it comes to holidays, <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like it's serving me this year a yeah. little bit better than in the past. But I still kind of feel that twinge of sadness, you know, yeah. that we're not that we're not going to get together and um, overeat. <laughs> <laughs> throw presents at each other and stuff. So, yeah, it is really sad. Yeah, and uh, like today they just said you should just be with your Im- absolute immediate household. Like that's even more so than what the guidance, you know, currently is because just things are kind of getting out of control. Yeah, and if we're supposed to be with our immediate pod yeah. <laughs> for, for the holidays, like uh, I feel bad for really small pods. I know we have a pod of three mm-hmm. in our household and um, it's getting, it's, it's feeling a little claustrophobic from time to time, but mm-hmm. zoom is great though. I don't think we've ever talked this much. <laughs> zoom has helped, has helped us, you know, connect almost <laughs> more so than before pandemic life. Um, well, and even, you know, we've been siblings all your life <laughs> cause I am the true. elder. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I don't even know if we've talked this much when we were kids <laughs> at home in Anoka. <laughs> we got a lot to talk about nowadays. Did you get your uh, turkey or pie from from Malax from our tribe? That's right. Uh, I think Dad did. He he informed me that I missed out, and I I very much regret that. <laughs> but did you? Oh, I didn't. But I was I was hoping somebody did. <laughs> yeah, I think he I think he did. So I know looks good. So today we're talking with a super cool person. I think I've known her a few years now, maybe four or so years. Deanna Standing Cloud. I, I like to think she embodies what we talk about here on Native Lights, realizing gifts and finding purpose. I know we've had these conversations in the past and she does these things so thoughtfully. And you'll hear, um, and in our listeners, you, you'll hear how much she does in the community just with her everyday life and actions and work. 
sometimes we might think of the gift or the the purpose that we have as some sort of singular thing or or we communicate it as such for you know time and focus on our on our in our conversations but i think today's guest has a great perspective to help expand how we think of purpose and sharing our gifts very nice Deanna standing clouds a mom cultural practitioner storyteller she does so much work in the native community She's all around someone who works for Native Empowerment. Hoa. <laughs> Deanna, you're here on the line. Boujou. How are you doing? Boujou, everyone. Let <laughs> <laughs> me take a big drink of water. <laughs> Deanna, could you please for us introduce yourself? Uh, yes, I would love to. Uh, so Boujou and Dinue Maganaduk. Gate to Bikwe and Dishinakaz, Minawa, Baganagi, Shakwamakwe, Indigo, Magazi and Dudem, Ganabudge, Miskwagami, we suck at Ikening and Nunjaba, Gakabi Kong, well, Mini Shota Makoche and Diane Nungum, Niman Wayne Down Nungum. So my name is Deanna Standing Cloud, my relatives. So I think it's important to introduce. Uh, to just speak the Ojibwe language at any chance, any opportunity that uh, you get, uh, because it's the language of, of the landmass that we're on. So any opportunity, even if um, no one really understands what you're saying, just so that they can hear the sound. Um, so I like to do that first. And um, so I'm from the a citizen of the Red Lake Nation of Anishinaabe people, which is about 30 minutes north of Bemidji. Um, and I've lived in Minneapolis my, my whole life. I was the first generation to be born off the reservation on my, on my mother's side. Um, my dad was actually born in the cities. Um, <clears throat> and I am a, I'm a mom and I, and I write I'm a creative writer, and um, I'm currently doing community outreach for Indigenous Lotus, and I'm also a program assistant with uh, Women of Traditional Birthing and the Sober Moms uh, group over at Division of Indian Work, and that's a new project that I recently took on. And yeah, I have three kids. The age range is really crazy. So my daughter, Brianna, she is she's 21, and then I have a 12-year-old boy and then I have a, an eight month old daughter so uh Guan, so <laughs> I've been a mom since 99 <laughs> wow Diana. so how are they doing how are you and how is the family doing <laughs> we're, we're doing good I was actually just watching the press conference on uh the COVID numbers and I was just reflecting back on how tremendous of a year this has been for everyone and how our new norms are just changing every day and how we're kind of, we're intact. So, and that we, you know, have, we have access to, to water, we have food, we have a place to, a warm place to live. So with all those things, I feel like we're super blessed. And my daughter, she's so healthy. You know, I think just as Native people, we're always resilient. So this year kind of threw everyone for a loop, but Native people always had like tricks up their sleeve. We're like, okay, we, we can do this. We, yeah, we got this. So we have, you know, ways of being resilient. So, and I'm being conscious of, of the virus and um, I'm really, you know, staying home a lot. I don't really go many places. So Hopefully, I, I will um, join in in decreasing the spread of of the virus. So, mm-hmm. Ziguan, right? 
Egon, yes. Egon, oh, that's so cute. Um, and she was born kind of as the pandemic was starting about then. Yeah. How was that, Deanna? <laughs> it was, well, I didn't, we weren't, it wasn't the shelter mm-hmm. in place just yet. It was two weeks mm-hmm. before the shelter. Oh. I was able to have my family members in the hospital. So I was lucky enough just to like on the cusp. Mm -hmm. And then as we went home, it was the shelter in place. So um, it was a little scary, I think, because she was so brand new. I relied a lot on, on the, you know, on breastfeeding so that that could be a good traditional practice in order to keep her healthy. So I just really, you know, used my tobacco and and prayed and, um, you know, just try to stay faithful to, you know, and that, that Gichimani do was, would take care of us. So it was, it was a hard, it was a hard year <laughs> for all of us, like, I think. Yeah. We were talking last week about the whole something else saga <laughs> uh, that happened with CNN. Yeah. CNN, as most of us are aware of by now, uh, put up a graphic during election coverage a couple of weeks ago that lumped people from Native nations into something else, into a something else category, not other. (laughs) So basically overlooking the Native vote and overlooking all the other folks lumped into that same category. Yeah, I I thought it was a joke when I I saw it. I thought thought it was a meme that someone made. And then I kept seeing it and then I... And then I realized that it wasn't a joke. It was actually, they actually labeled Native people as something else. And then, and then I started seeing the the funny stuff, you know, like the, um, the kind of bouncing back, like, hey, this, you know, like, I put something else equay. That's, that. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. I had a good laugh about that. I even showed Dan, my husband, and I was like, look what Dan wrote. Because he had um, taken Facebook off his phone too. (laughs) Something else (laughs) equay. And that's, if you add that to the end of uh, a noun or something, it, it means you're a woman. So, Right, exactly. Like Anishinaabe Kwe. Yes. Anishinaabe yeah. woman. Yes. Was, yeah, Thank you. To it, but I started <laughs> other stuff and it was, it was so funny to me. I was, I was laughing and then I started to see after maybe a day or so responses from Native people who actually thought, you know, this is serious mm-hmm. for, for us to just be called something else. So like in response to the jokes, I don't think that the people who are creating the jokes, I don't think they're disregarding it as not serious. It is serious mm-hmm. because, you know, it's it's bad that society doesn't really even acknowledge us to this day. But I think just in our nature as Native people, sometimes the only thing we had was our voice or our jokes or our laughing, you know? So mm-hmm. that's one of the ways that we can like, get through a situation. So I just want to give a shout out to everyone who kind of felt some way about it. And I do want to acknowledge that it is a serious thing and it's, you know, society should, you know, acknowledge the native people of this land and acknowledge that we are still in existence and that we really represented hard at the polls. Yeah. That was a big deal. (laughs) In Arizona, they flipped it, right? 
Like now? Uh, that's, that's the rumor. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's really incredible. You're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today we're hearing from Deanna Standing Cloud. She's a citizen of Red Lake Nation. She's a mom, performing artist. She's an MC, a storyteller, and all-around great person. So Deanna, you're a, f- a familiar face for me because I remember you uh, were involved with the new Native Theater, 10-Minute Plays, which Lee and I were also involved in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Deanna and I met, I think, four years ago was the first mm-hmm. time we met. Was that? I think so. At the New Native Theater 10-Minute Play Festival and... I had written my first 10-minute play about becoming a new mom and dealing with obsessive-compulsive disorder, which is near and dear to me. And guess who acted as the mom? (laughs) (laughs) Deanna Standing Cloud. It was so awesome. Yeah, I seen it in The Circle. Oh, yeah, The Circle. That's a native newspaper, um, community newspaper. And I I was actually really scared to talk in front of people. And I, I... had been uh, uh, the community outreach coordinator with uh, Indian Ed in Minneapolis for years. And I found myself doing a lot of public speaking and I didn't want to feel scared anymore. So I was like, well, I'll just go and audition. I, I auditioned and I actually got the part in Leah's 10 minute play. The first time I, I got on stage, I freaking hated it. I'm like, why? <laughs> anybody do this? This sucks. There's, There's people out there. You can't see nothing. And I just, I hated it. I'm like, I, I don't like this at all. <laughs> so I don't know if you were that night Cole, when I hated it, but, but as, as I kept going, you know, I, um, I think there was one, one night, I think you just I stopped really thinking and I just went with it. And so I really appreciate that, um, that I actually pushed myself. And I think that's, you know, I'm a little older, but I, I'm fine. I'm like finding um, my path by, by just pushing myself out of my comfort zone. So that's one of the things that propelled me into embracing my, my writing and embracing the creative side of me. So that's, and I've been involved with New Native Theater ever since that audition. <laughs> so, yeah, it was really wonderful to see you do that because I, I know you had talked about, you know, being nervous and kind of <laughs> um, <laughs> wanting to push yourself to be able to talk. And now, you know, you're storytelling and presenting. Um, so it's really wonderful to see because we need your voice, Deanna. <laughs> <laughs> I know a new native theater is such a such a cool organization for that really helping uh, folks in the native community I mean through theater um, just you know readings and poetry and music and all of that sort of stuff it's really kind of a all-around storytelling organization right and I feel like it belongs to the community so it's yeah. it is a place where it has access to Native people to push themselves. I mean, I would have never been in theater, involved in theater, if if New Native Theater hadn't um, been kind of like a welcoming place. And you know, mm-hmm. I auditioned at the at Powell Grounds, so or the little gallery. So 
it was a place that I was comfortable with. And um, so that's really cool because I've seen, you know, my fellow community members just um, audition and I've encouraged people that I, I see could be naturals to, to be um, partake in auditions and stuff like that too. So I totally agree. So Deanna, you are also a powwow MC. Can you tell us about becoming an MC? Uh, what made you want to pick up the microphone? So I, I actually did a couple MC jobs at like uh, South South High School powwow, which was really fun. And I, you know, I'm I actually don't I didn't realize I don't know that much about about powwows at that time because I had the person, I think the arena director, like walk me through everything, but I was on the mic. And at one point on Facebook, there was a, a call for a female MC. And I had just done a promotional video for the Minneapolis Institute of Arts, the, the Native exhibit, so the Native Women Artists exhibit. So a promotional video for, for that. Um, and then I sent, so I sent them the, that. And I said, hey, I can, here's, here's me in action. I don't have a video of myself doing an MC but here's, here's me. I'm funny. And I didn't, I didn't hear back from him. So it was probably two months and I was like, well, maybe they found somebody else or whatever. And so I moved, you know, moved on with my life, but they, uh, it was for a Leech Lake powwow for the big Labor Day powwow. And then they messaged me back and asked if, if I wanted to go and MC. And I like initially, I wanted, I wanted to say no, because I'm like, okay, no, that's a big powwow. I used to go to that powwow when I was a kid. That's, there's lots of people there. No, I can't, you know, I was like, no, I wanted to hide. And, and then I thought about it and I said, you know, this is not an opportunity that many women will get. And this, this is probably like a game changer as far as in my, you know, in my career and then just for just women in general. So, so I said, yes. And then that scared the the heck out of me. Like it was like one of the scariest things hanging over. Um, I said, yes, uh, probably a month before um, the power actually took place. So I just took it one step at a time. You know, I, I started taking steps up, up on that old arena thing. And it was, it was scary because I walked up in there and there was, there was nothing but men sitting up there and I had sage in my shoes and, you know, I was like smudging and it was intimidating because we had a, one of the older co-MCs walk up and he, you know, he's an older gentleman and he had the cowboy hat and the belt buckle and the boots and, you know, the old school mentality and I, I I could feel that he didn't really want to share the, the the spotlight with me because it was more like he's talking and then I'm talking. So it, I think it was challenging for him because it was a uh, not the the same thing. So I think he just thought I was you know this little girl up there. So I had to push through that and like all the historical women stuff. I worked through that right on like on the microphone. So, but I'm so glad I did it because there was, you know, there's people coming up, up to the announcer stand all weekend, giving me gifts and thanking me for, for being there. I had one 
girl say that somebody asked her to be a power MC and she said no because it's not a place for for women and mm-hmm. now that I she see me do that she'll next time they ask her she'll say <sighs> yes so yay so, <laughs> so I was so glad because I felt like I I didn't do it just for me I like did it for for you know for all the women that felt uncomfortable in a place where historically or it was, you know, it's like a man's place. So. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. So Deanna, I, I saw a recent presentation that you did called Sovereignty Through Storytelling. It was live on social media and it was really cool. And you talked about nation building or rebuilding um, sovereignty, uh, but really how storytelling plays a role in it. And I encourage anyone who has questions about any of those words I just said, if you don't know those words, uh, just go check out Native Governance Center online. They're a really cool resource and they have programs and videos and publications and newsletters and stuff like that too. So check that out. Um, So yeah, so Deanna, you, you presented this talk. Can you tell us a little bit about it? What was your motivation and what... Can you summarize it for us, please? So the Native Nation Rebuilders is a program under the Native Governance Center. The Bush Foundation was actually in charge of the Rebuilders program for a number of the beginning years. The Native Governance Center was formed and they took only of the Native Rebuilders. And now they're they're growing and expanding their, their staff over there. So it's it's really grown into this amazing organization. And I'm I, I just subscribed to the YouTube channel. So there's lots of cool stuff on there. So if anyone gets a chance, check out their YouTube channel because mm-hmm. there's events uh, and lots of information. So I, I applied to the, the Native Nation Rebuilders program. And typically a lot of a lot of the leaders that t- they do accept live on reservation. So I was really, I felt really honored to be an urban native that was accepted to the program. And part of our obligation as a rebuilder is to take what we learned in the first year and really go into the community and teach the, you know, like the basics of what we learned and then implement it somehow in working with the community. Um, Because of COVID, I wasn't, I was able to do one in-person sovereignty through storytelling presentation in Red Lake in January. So same presentation that was was online, I actually was able to do in person for two groups in Red Lake, which is really cool that, I mean, there's so many things that I was able to sneak in before um, COVID. So I was able to do that. And then another obligation is to do, I think, two two separate um, events. So this event was, was online. And I wanted to really do something different because a lot of um, people are kind of in administration, so tribal governance and things like that. So because of the creativity that I've you know learned with New Native Theater, I, fit, I wanted to connect storytelling to sovereignty because there's so much, you know, like admin stuff and there's a lot about constitutional reform and things like that, but I wanted to actually take one of the teachings and one of our practices and connect it to sovereignty because sovereignty is a word that's used a lot, but we don't, I don't feel like we get 
down to the fundamentals of it at times. And we kind of forget that it was, it's not like it gets muddled in like all the bureaucracy. Bureaucracy, (laughs) bureaucratic. (laughs) What part of speech are we going for? (laughs) (laughs) So, yes. So I feel like I wanted to get kind of down to the foundational pieces of what sovereignty meant and like the foundational blocks of like storytelling. So, and I just try to connect those together. You're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today, we're talking to Deanna Standing Cloud. She's from Red Lake Nation, and we're learning about how Deanna realized her gifts and purpose. So, Deanna, we've heard about all the great things you do and are involved in. Is there a theme to how you work and live, like an overall philosophy? The reason why I get up in the morning is really the survival of our culture. I think about the future. I mean, the year 2020 seemed really, really far away and we're like in it right now. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think about our language. I think about my grandchildren. I think about the future of, you know, sovereignty and what blood quantum will, will do to our nations. Then there's so many things to preserve and to reclaim. I think the, the overall theme when when I kind of reflect back to all the work that um, I've done is just, you know, preserving our, our culture, our Ojibwe culture, because in the year, you know, 2050, what, a, what are our stories going to look like? Are we going to send a hologram to tell a Nanabuju story <laughs> or what is what is that going to be like? Because our, our, our language is a living, breathing thing. So we have to make sure to teach our, our kids and our, the students and the young people that we have to offer our tobacco. We have to feed the spirits of the stories, the Adizukanag. We have to make sure that we have a relationship with them as if they were living because they are. So just really what that looks like in the future. I think with this digital matrix type um, mentality, I want to think about what that looks like for my, I mean, just having an eight month old, I think is, has really kind of like snapped me into realizing what, you know, how are we going to access water in the future? How are we going to harvest wild rice in the year 2050? I mean, we have to work so hard on so many different aspects. So I feel like the overarching thing is just promoting that our community members are really um, working on preserving those things and taking care of ourselves too. I think that's always important. Thank you so much, Deanna. Jimmy Gwich. Thank you for having me on the show. I know everything is getting dark and I'm like, I'm going to turn on the light. Yeah, your, your screen slowly was darkening. It's <laughs> thank you for chatting. So yeah, thank you. I hope to see you in person someday again, Deanna. Yes. <laughs> Up there on the at the MC stand. <laughs> That was Deanna Standing Cloud, storyteller, MC, mom, performing artist, um, and so many things with um, a cultural, she's a cultural practitioner and 
Ojibwe language speaker and learner. So, so, so many things. <laughs> An ikwe of all trades. Yes. <laughs> this is Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Produced by Minnesota Native News with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. If you want to hear this episode again or listen to past episodes of the show, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Search for Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine in your podcast app. I'm Cole Primo. And I'm Leah Lem. Miigwech for listening. Gigawabamen. Gigawabamen. <laughs>